BBCC episode 95, my realization of the day. Haters of prey on the internet bitched about Nehru's axe on the rope being ridiculous. Uh, for one, those weapons exist back in the day for sure. Two, nobody was bitching about Scorpion tying a garden tool to a rope and slaughtering a bunch of people in the Mortal Kombat remake. <sighs> of course, men still get the benefit of the doubt even in shittier movies. Let's take a hit and pass that spooky shit. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, a podcast very high on horror films. My name is Devon Taylor. Sitting across from me is Garrett McDowell. <sighs> Devon, we've reached the end. Uh, the end of an era we have finally watched and rewatched all of the Predator films, which leads us to this very exciting finale that we're talking about here. A very surprisingly exciting finale. I'm, I'm glad that we have an um, a exciting finale, because not going to lie to you, I was very excited going into this rewatch, and it has not been as rewarding as I hoped it would be. The the Predator series, the or? series, okay, yes, yeah. the the series. Um, you know, we started off hot with Predator, and then the the three sequels after that are are for me at least were just kind of various degrees of fine. Yeah, and then uh, but then we bookend it with a with a surprisingly fun entry. So I am happy, and I always like uh these wrap up episodes, you know, so we can kind of. Uh, see what we learned from the entire franchise. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a, like any good road trip. You start off and you're super excited, and then in the <laughs> middle you're like, "Oh man, we're still we're still driving, aren't we?" And then at the end you're like, "We finally made it, huzzah!" But yes, very excited to be talking about Prey, which um, is we don't get to talk about new releases super often, and so this is a bit of a rare territory for us. No, I'm I'm glad that uh, we did get to uh, yeah talk a, a more recent one. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot of recent films uh, come January, so. Uh, stay tuned for that guys but um but yeah i'm so i'm glad that uh, we were able to kind of time it out just right we even had a viral tweet amongst uh the the prey Hell excitement yeah. which yeah. was uh, of course it was related to a dog <laughs> of course of anything that we're going to tweet about of course uh sorry gets the most attention um but yeah i'm excited to get into it and of course i uh, had to bring in a special guest uh, to talk about this uh film that I uh, had the horror community pretty happy, uh, so this is exciting stuff. A uh, previous guest of the show, uh, you heard her last. We talked The Ruins with Prince Jackson. She is one of the busiest horror writers in the community, um, the uh, content creator for Blade Disgusting, and one of the hosts of the Blade Disgusting pod, and doing all things Blade Disgusting, it is Megan Navarro. Megan. Hello, hello. Hi, I am so glad to have you back. Um, it, I figured, um, you know, you were the perfect guest to uh, talk about this movie. I saw you were a big fan of it. And of course, uh, we got to have our, uh, our our female power uh, bring <laughs> it in. So you're going to bring it all to us. Can you handle that pressure of bringing uh, all, all I'm gonna the... Tr I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and uh, and you've gotten to do uh, some some of the press stuff uh, for 
the film. And uh, just before we kind of get into it, how has uh, the whole experience been? Because like I said, um, you know, we've had a, a few films of, you know, popular franchises uh, come and go this year and we still got even more and uh, have yeah. happened to, you know, varying uh, reactions. But, you know, for this one, I would say, uh, you know, the majority, um, you know, the, the horror community has been pretty excited about this one. So how has that all been uh, covering, you know, some of the, the press stuff with it as well? I mean, it's always exciting when you're covering and it's something that you're like supremely jazzed about. Mm -hmm. um, and this, you know, it could have gone either way because it was going straight to Hulu. So you're like, I, I'm rooting for this movie. I'm rooting for everybody involved. I really like Dan Trachtenberg. And then, you know, everybody's basically coming away like, oh, my God, why was that not in theaters? And that's like a great thing and especially you know the past few years so yeah. yeah it's been it's been pretty exciting supremely jazz my new twitter bio <laughs> supremely jazzed i mean yeah like i mean what what better way can you supremely uh, jazz either my new twitter bio or like my drag you know uh, uh, uh new stage name <laughs> yeah yeah, well, I mean, I'm very excited to get into it. And we talked about it at the beginning of the month that, you know, me and Garrett got to see us on a big screen and, you know, felt very lucky for it. And so it's kind of bittersweet that, yeah, that was the reaction coming out of it that everybody was just like, oh, my God, why yeah. wasn't this in theater? Um, you yeah. know, I wish this was in theater. So it's like, yeah, I'm, again, yeah, very happy that, uh, you know, that. Like you said, this uh, was a gamble, you know, it was a Hulu release, so it kind of had everybody thinking like, yeah, what, what's it going to be like? But I'm glad that it did, um, you know, pay off in the way it did. So without further ado, let's get into the last entry of the Predator franchise. Prey, released on Hulu, August 5th, 2022, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. This is his follow-up from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Didn't realize that he also directed the pilot of The Boys. Oh, which, did he really? Didn't yeah, know that. Did not realize that. Um, a very talented guy, so it was a uh, a long wait. Uh, you know, we've been kind of wondering what he was going to direct next. Uh, this was written by Patrick Azon, and this was um, when... They came up with the concept for it. They were working on it under the title Bones, and this was going to be kind of like a one of those secret projects. They were kind of going to keep it under wraps. That was a Predator movie. Would have been dope if they could have uh, pulled that off, like, for the whole thing. To call it well, Bones? No. Well, maybe not. Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know. It's a remake of the Snoop Dogg movie that we talked about. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, go go back and listen to that episode about Bones. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I think it would have been interesting because it's like, um, you know, Blair Witch uh, did the same thing, and they kind of got cold feet at the last minute. Like, yes. oh, no, it, it is a... But they, but they at least like got to the part where they were advertising it as a different movie before yeah. revealing it as the kind Blair of Witch. A, a split energy there that could have been really fun. I think uh, also Friday the Thirteenth should also do something similar. Advertise it under a different name and then pull the rug out from under your audience. Yeah. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, I Prey. Uh, this one, the 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 the, the is introduced pretty early on to the movie, so I, they would probably have to shuffle some things around. But that would always be uh, kind of a fun, fun, fun uh, surprise for sure. Yeah, uh, the score was done by Sarah Schnachner. Oh, I hope I said that right. That's a toughie. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and uh, a wonderful job done there. Cinematography done by Jeff Cutter, although his last name, he probably should have edited the film. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there were um, so the the initial thing idea was they were gonna kind of do like a hunt for Red October thing and mm-hmm. start off with the film in Comanche and then transition it to English was kind of like the initial idea and then uh, ended up not doing that. Um, so they shot it uh, in English with you know a few Comanche phrases thrown in here and there, yeah. and then they redubbed it with the cast over. Uh, the the English performances, but mm-hmm. they had the entire cast come back and redub it to do it in the uh, native Comanche language, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into uh, some more of that on how we kind of feel about it. Um, and this was a uh, the budget sixty five million dollars, which again, uh, pretty high considering that they did not even you know put it in theaters to see if they could recoup any of that back, yeah. or maybe with the Hulu deal they kind of automatically get a certain number back. Who knows? Um, you know the, the bar- know. certainly not me. Certainly not me. Budgets and box office stuff is just getting more confusing by the day. Rotten Tomato score of ninety three percent on two hundred forty seven reviews, the highest of the franchise, uh, with a letterbox average of three point seven out of five, as compared to the previous entry of two point two out of five. This is the second highest uh, letterbox average rating for the franchise. So, Meg. What do, what were your initial thoughts? And um, as we've kind of let the film marinate this month, uh, how are you feeling about Prey? I love it. I, I was surprised. I mean, like I said earlier, I didn't really know what to expect based on, you know, it's going to Hulu. It's not like this franchise has had a great track record up until this point. Uh, you know, The Predator was not well received. So I kind of feel like I went into it with, tamped expectations like I didn't want to get super excited about it and then I watched it and I was very happy um to the point where I'm like I'm ready to watch it again so yeah I was I was very blown away I I went in with kind of like middling expectations and I was very very happy with with what we got yeah and then Garrett you had uh you got to watch it once before me and then you watch it twice in one night yeah and then assuming you watch it again before doing this i did not watch it again before oh, doing this i felt okay. twi- i felt twice was enough uh <laughs> i didn't want to let the film become stale or anything like that but yeah after the first watch and I, the reason i saw it twice is american cinematech was doing uh two screenings of the movie one of which had a q a afterwards and the other one that was in the comanche version and i was like huh i want to go to both of those things might as well go to both of the things. So I went up uh, seeing the movie twice. And like you had said, after the first, you know, go around, I was just like, let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> I literally hopped back in line. <laughs> it was like I was on a roller coaster. I was just immediately <laughs> wanted to hop back on. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's one of my uh, favorite horror movies of the year. Um, completely delivered on expectations uh, of, you know, trying to revitalize this franchise, take it back to basics, but also take it in really new territory and do some new exciting things with it. Um, they, it also offered some things I didn't even know I really wanted from a from a Predator series and things that I think that this movie does far better than any of the other Predator films. So uh, I am completely uh, stoked as a big Predator fan that we got such a, uh, a quality product. I just wish that everybody could have experienced this with a full crowd, mm-hmm. you know, who were co- so jazzed and so happy uh, and cheering in all the right moments. And so, yeah, I got to experience that not once but twice uh, and uh, Although I'm not going to be able to replicate it in the comfort of my apartment living room, uh, it's uh, still a really, really fun movie nonetheless. 
Yeah, I had, you know, I think it was interesting that, um, you know, we saw it at the beginning of the month before we had started any of our rewatches for the rest of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had watched that first and then we do our rewatch and then I watched it again today um, this time because I only saw the Comanche version in theater and then I watched the English version today. Mm hmm. Um, which definitely um, had a, a slight uh, impact on my experience of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just enjoy how simple this one is. Um, as we kind of went on, I realized that the franchise has a bit of a protagonist issue. Um, you know, after uh, all the protagonists in the sequels after Dutch are just kind of eh, you know, they're yeah. kind of eh. They sure. don't really have uh, much of an arc. They don't have much purpose. Uh, behind what they're doing or and they're just not as interesting yeah um none of them you know between adrian brody boyd holbrook and uh sorry guys not danny glover either <laughs> um but he's got so, great pants though he's got great pants. great great <laughs> he does have great pants i will give him that um but you know so that that was like my biggest turnaround for this one is you know we have this uh character in nuru who is very compelling has a very clear and distinct arc um, one that is slightly different uh, than something that we've seen before, even though people are kind of trying to make it seem like it is something we've seen before. Um, but I, I really enjoyed her arc throughout. Um, and the I like the variety of action scenes as we kind of some added subgenres in this one as we kind of get more of uh, Nauru dealing with the elements and nature as well. Um, in addition to the uh, predator threat. So I like the the variation on um, the the dangers that uh, are presented here on top of a you know yeah. different version of the Yaucha that um, you know that we see the inklings of what is to come throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. And I think they do some um, even though they don't connect this one a ton to the other one, there are references to the other films. And uh, I like the way that they the the restraint that they had. They didn't you know want to fan service a bunch, but yeah, put enough in there to make it interesting. Um, so let's go ahead and hit the 60 second synopsis before we uh, get into the nitty gritty of the film. Meg, are you ready for your 60 second synopsis? I think so. Yes. All right. I got you with a minute on the clock in three, two, one. Hit it. 300 years ago, a Comanche woman wants to be a hunter and her tribe says, no, you should be a gatherer. And she said, no, I'm not going to. So she goes off on her own to embark on a rite of passage and is the only one as a result to observe that there is something from uh, outer space hunting and uh, it begins a fight for survival the end that's the setup hell yeah and and as compared to um 2018's the predator which has the most plot of (laughs) any of the series uh this one is bare bones it's a back to basics it does you know the word primal is thrown around a lot but for good measure because it does feel that way um something about it just feels um you know primal and 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 i kind of want to start out with um in, in regards to naru you know, we're presented with this character and uh, yes, is going against some of the traditional norms. And what I love about her character is um, we see from the very beginning that she is very capable. Her, her arc of this film is not about um, her ability. Yeah. It's about her confidence and, you know, and, you know, her getting past these moments because she has the tools. She's very talented. She's very observant. Uh, we see all this like fairly early on. 
Um, but that's, you know, but then when we see her come into these, you know, big situations, you know, she freezes and has these moments. And so it's about overcoming that. And I like that that's kind of a, a in, in, you know, a, a nice parallel to Dutch's um, arc in the first one of him, like, kind of being humbled a little bit because he also had all the skills and was uh, kind of ready to, um, you know, but had to kind of get knocked down a few pegs to build himself back up. So mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about uh, Nuru's uh, journey in this, Meg? Uh, I think it's really clever how they approached it because, you know, when when the marketing was heating up prior to release, you had so many people like fan diehard fans that were like how is this 90 pound woman gonna take on a predator when you had like dutch you know and uh yeah like i think that parallel you just described is exactly that and she's not capable at first she's not she's learning the entire movie is building up to that skill set to where Mm -hmm. she is finally capable i mean it's about her observing it's about trial and error and you know she makes mistakes and then quickly readjusts and is adaptable and then you know they give you such tiny little details to her character that explains why she is the way that she is so that I thought was genius you know like the cut on her arm that matches her brother Tabe's that's like they came from a family their father was probably a hunter who died so there's your motivation and it's just like such a clever organic way of like she was never not capable but she did have to slowly build her skill set to where she could get to where she was and i just thought that it was such a like paired back but very well done arc for this character Mm -hmm. and i think it's also definitely kind of in conversation with what we had talked a lot about with the first predator movie is this idea of that film not being maybe the kind of super macho machismo kind of uh, you know, pro big muscles and big guns kind of movie that it's, you would maybe assume it is, you know? It's not. Yeah, yeah it's not at yeah. all. When you watch the movie, it's not uh, It's not kind of condoning a lot of that stuff. In fact, a lot of that sort of ego is their downfall. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic or almost perfect in a way that a lot of the fan base had the same sort of disrespect yeah. for her or kind of, uh, you know, uh, didn't really see her as uh, a real threat or even could go toe to toe with the Yaucha, which is exactly a plot point in the movie uh, that yeah. N- Nadu, by the way, is is how you pronounce her name. Apparently, uh, apparently the 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 language uh, the R mm. is pronounced it, so it's Nadu. But um, apparently, uh, or I, I again, I just think it's an interesting kind of idea that the the fans yes. were just kind of like, how could this small, feeble woman go up against this giant predator? It's like you didn't you watch the first Predator movie? Most of those guys are big as shit, and, <laughs> and it, it didn't, didn't help mat- them at all. And it didn't matter <laughs> exactly, and like that's where like. You know, part of, you know, at least like one of my favorite themes of the films is, you know, it's just, you know, I I do like the the simple and classic story of, you know, just like overcoming just like these extreme odds, like yeah. something that, you, you know, you shouldn't be able to defeat, something that you shouldn't be able to take down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, like, you know, I kind of made a joke at the beginning, but like, you know, uh, we don't question these ridiculous feats, you know, when we see other uh, characters do it and especially like yeah this is a you know quote unquote grounded film but also you gotta remember there's a fucking alien monster yeah. running around sure. in this so sure. so you know if you're really bothered about the phys- the physics of her axe on a rope um, right. you know while you're watching this predator movie 
um i don't know you're you're kind of looking for the wrong things here so it is yeah, yeah just it, it does very it is silly how much it still boils down to because she's a woman we have to Which, point out more of her flaws yeah and if you want to approach it that way you know i i had spoken with um predator actor dane deliegro and he said like his interpretation which you know is an accurate read is that like it's hubris that brought him like he had too much the predator had too much hubris he yeah. didn't see her mm-hmm. as a threat and that was his downfall mm-hmm. same same conversation with the first one where it was like these elite warriors go into the jungle and they're hubris that we got this and you know their downfall so it's always like hubris and overestimating or underestimating your your opponent yeah and look at exactly what ends up saving dutch it's his wits and his intelligence uh and him learning how to be a different hunter mm-hmm. and I, that's one of my favorite things about naru is that she is that's one of her key you know character traits is that she's really observant she looks a lot mm-hmm. at her surroundings and uh is able to formulate plans to where others uh there's the the sequence where they're trying to take down the 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 i believe it's a lion that's not a tiger it's i believe it's a lion yeah, yeah. a mountain lion a mountain lion mm-hmm. yeah and then one of the other uh you know members of their tribe is like cowards hide like we need to go take this thing head on uh and he ends up getting mauled you mm-hmm. know like it's it's this idea of going up and taking this thing head on might be seen as like the heroic thing to do but it's not very helpful yeah. <laughs> they, they even set it up a uh, a few scenes before that whenever yeah. um you know tabe shoots the bird down and then she was like well i was well, waiting for it to go, come back yeah, exactly. now you got across the river so exactly. it's like yeah she's she's a thinker and i yeah. I, yeah. I love that about yeah. her which is what we see dutch do is that mm-hmm. he is also observant and is able to cover himself in mud and make up all these traps he doesn't just wildly blindly shoot his gun in the drunk in the jungle and get lucky like that's not the point and i think mm-hmm. that that's very much so what we see uh, play out in this movie yeah, and and especially with uh, and what I was kind of mentioning earlier is that like uh, that she's already very capable is um she's very capable and like one we do already see that you know uh, aside from hunting like she they they already know her to be a capable tracker and then like she's already known to know uh a lot about medicine yeah uh, which is why everybody's like you know you're so good with the medicine why aren't you you know just focusing on that being a healer and I really like that idea of like. Because I don't want to. It's not it, like, yes, it might be like what makes sense to you or what you think I should be doing, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. In my heart, I, I'm a hunter and like, yes, that is a skill. And then I like how she still takes that and, you know, she doesn't deny that. Like she uses yeah. the medicine as, you know, part of it later when she figures out, you know, with the that it uh, sees via temperature and uh, again, a nice little flip on, you know, we, we thought it was going to be because of the quicksand, like mud earlier when she gets stuck. Yeah. which is I thought such that a, was going to yeah. be the parallel of yep. her, like, you yeah. know, shielding yeah. herself. But no, it's from the medicine. Yeah, which I has. think is such a great bait and switch and plays, you know, the mud obviously plays a, 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 a role it, in killing the Yaucha. It but it's, it, it knows that Predator fans know this to be true about it. And unlike what we see with Gary Busey in Predator 2, it also sets up how. <laughs> Oh, she knows that it's not able to see 
um, and like the thermal vision, uh, like because there's the the man who's lying and like kind of plain dead, uh, and she's able to detect that. No, it can still see you. Like there's got to be a different way to kind of hide, and uh, she's able to remain uh, kind of invisible because of this because of this herb. Yeah, which is just again very much so in conversation with what we see in the, in these in these movies. It's not about how big and buff and strong you are. It's about using your brain and becoming a different hunter. Uh, that's you know also not the reason why. <laughs> Uh, most of the predator, like the aliens, also don't do very well because that seems to be their mo too. They, yeah, uh, when you think about it, um, their their record uh, not so great, at least from what we've seen in the films. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the hunter, we'll get into our our hunter comparison. So in this one, we have what they call the feral predator. Uh, the feral hunter in this one um, is, you know. Uh, has a very different physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, the gear is different, more prototype-ish from some of the stuff that we'll see later. Yeah. Um, and as far as um, the design and his um, his uh, style, um, he's a little bit taller, more slimmer, and a little more insectoid still mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he is definitely, like, very confident, this one. Uh, very confident, and they see... And I think... It, it, we, we've kind of fabricated our backstories for all these different hunters as we've been covering. So so to me, what I think the, the feral hunter is, because he just gets dropped off by the ship, you know, like I feel like this is their first time coming to Earth. Uh, he is the guy that they have been training for this purpose. Like you're going to go to Earth, you're going to go check it out and see what's going on. So, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty, uh, up to, up to speed and, and, you know, trained very well. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's very confident. He's fearless as he, uh, kind of, you know, sizes up each opponent throughout the film, which, uh, which I noticed he goes from smallest to biggest. He starts with the snake, then he fights the wolf, then the bear, then the human. So he, he's very methodical in in the way that he like kind of, so he doesn't rush into things, but he's still underestimates what's going on so yeah meg how do you feel about uh the frail hunter uh i like it i like i feel like this is one of the rare times where you get a unique flavor to the the predator like mm-hmm. i feel like they're they've all felt kind of like they belong in a similar tribe and he definitely feels like he can it opens up kind of the possibility of mythology and world building mm-hmm. where it's like maybe he comes from a different side of the planet you know obviously this is 300 years ago so there's that that factors into it but like you said he's he's very lean um he's got like this different style to him because of that like he's you know feral is what they describe him as um when dane was talking about auditioning he didn't know that he was going in to audition for this role like tom woodruff jr or uh no alec gillis said come in i've got this part i think you would be good for hmm. he gets there he puts on the suit and they're like we want balletic speltness is what they said they want like this hmm. jungle cat type okay like okay. movement um and i think that that adds a totally different type of predator that we've seen before that's really unique um mm-hmm. and then obviously what you were saying with his his mo of like starting slow and methodical and studying a lot um it's just a completely different tone that we've seen before a different type of character from from that family that we've seen before yeah and given that these are characters that don't speak really in words uh most of their uh the character traits are attributed because of their their physical actions how they mm-hmm. hunt how they go about you know stalking their prey and i think you guys are definitely on it he has this real macho kind of showboaty energy to him uh he's 
he does a lot of tricks. <laughs> oh, especially uh, in that, yeah, in in that, that middle sequence. That, yeah. The sequence. Yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. like kind of toying with these guys. Uh, he seems to be really enjoying this. So I think that that's something that I really liked about this version of the Predator is he is so mean uh, and has so much menace to him to where I don't really feel like that's something that we've seen too much from mm-hmm. these from these creatures, um, especially from like the Predator, which they were a lot more human. They had like human human characteristics and gestures this one seems like a wild animal like he is just rabid like ravenous and just is you know tearing these people apart but also seems to really be enjoying it oh yeah like like that's why i kind of have like my my backstory of like he you know he's been training this like they've been hyping him up to do this mission so like he's been waiting for it you know and it's like finally like this is it like i've been waiting to do this and like i'm pulling out all the stops yeah um as far as like some of the technology I don't I don't love the mask. Um, I mean, I get what they're going for with it being uh, bony and like kind of because it is, you know, uh, more early and feral esque. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been like because uh, I like the look of him and like once the mask is off and the his actual face and stuff. I uh, really like the look and like the he has different colors, too, uh, than a lot of the other ones. But mm-hmm. um. I think it would have been like a little more jarring to Nauru and like the and the rest of their tribe if it was like, you know, still kind of one of the more full metallic masks mm. to like kind of like stick out a little bit more um, with it being a bone mask. I feel like it like kind of still blended in a smidge more, if that makes sense. Still could have done yeah. like an early version, but like, I don't know, I, I would have preferred it to be a metallic mask. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, I'm assuming it had a lot to do with it. It's like, it's 300 years in the past, so they may be more advanced, but they're still 300 years in the past as well. So maybe they haven't gotten there, which would be interesting to see, like, another movie perhaps where it's like, yeah, we're, we're evolving them too, and we get to see how they evolved over the time. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the because the Predators do look pretty different from movie to movie, and it really is just personal preference of like what kind of Predator. Most people agree that the first one looks great, and then from there, it's really anybody's kind of choice. I actually really like the way the Predator looks in this movie. Um, I love the bone mask. It's got this weird kind of like you'd said insectoid, like weird kind of cicada energy to it. It's this weird like... It's not quite like a skull. Like it, it is definitely mm-hmm. very bone, but it's it comes off of its head in just a really interesting way. I just can't really like point to too many things that I've that I've seen like that. I just imagine that, you know, the trophies that we usually see the predators take is like you know, they'll hang it on their belt or their shoulders or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, like, maybe this thing killed something and it fastened its back or its head, you know, to be this helmet. Mm. I just think it's really menacing. As far as how it looks when it takes it off, I like I like the design of it. Uh, and I think it's been uh, made worse by the fact that we've seen now a lot of, like, uh, uh, visual effects sh- or shots um, done practically, like uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes stuff. We've seen a lot of that on Twitter. I'm just more of like, I prefer my Predators to be done practically. So I don't think, despite the fact that it is, you know, a Hulu budget, I understand. The CG doesn't look great to me. I think it's well done, but it's not. I I just prefer the practical look personally. Um, But design wise, everything looks terrific. I just, Mm -hmm. the way that it's actually executed for me leaves a little bit to be desired when the mask is off when it's on looks money i mean i'm not sure why they did that either though because it's like it is practical under the vfx Mm -hmm. they had it's it because dane is six foot nine 
inches Oh, yeah, tall. we saw him. Big dude. He's a, yeah, he's it a was big so man. Funny. He's a big yeah. dude. And yeah. then there's a fully mechanized yeah. animatronic head on top of that. Like, yes. his head is actually in the predator's neck. Yes. So, yeah. He's he's a giant. So yeah. like why why do we have to cover that with like the the practical is there? Yeah. It the was, VFX uh, over it, and is... it looks the best too when it's the practical because, like that that fur trapper scene, like which is like the scene when he's like kind of taking everybody out, is like the most uh, practical suit that we see out of the out of the film. It's like for the most part, like mainly yeah. all him. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, up to that point, like the camouflage looks decent. Um, at certain points, it's fine, but then yeah. at yeah. certain points, the the CGI kind of lets it down, uh, especially in like what should what should have been a money shot and. Um, is uh, the scene where whenever the hunter kills the bear and is like holding mm-hmm. it over its head and it's like leaking blood on it. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's like, I know it would be, I don't know how they would be able to do it practically, but it's just like, for some reason, the CGI blood and the camouflage, it just looked very messy in that shot when yeah. it's like that was supposed to be like a money shot, you know? Yeah. I think it, like yeah. dripping in the blood doing that practically, I could just imagine it would be so difficult. Oh, a nightmare. Yeah, it's but. just kind of like, <laughs> Oh, so you want to do this thing practically and we're going to take out the guy anyway. Cause he's invisible. Like you, let me get that right. So I will, I do definitely do want to note cause it's just in regards to the CG of the movie. I think the bear looks awesome. Like that whole sequence the looks, bear looks really great. terrific. The like, wolf was kind of spotty. Uh, I, I'd have to go back and, and watch the wolf specifically. I just remember being really impressed by the bear specifically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, is the practical thing. Uh, it's it's always going to be kind of a, a gamble with some of this stuff. Granted, a lot of the things that I've seen are have been like wide to medium shots. So maybe on some of those close ups, it wasn't emoting as quite as much as they wanted it to, or they had to replace some of the eyes or something. And they ended up just doing the whole head stuff like that happens all the time. But I do really love the design at the end of the day. I love how the mandibles like come out under the helmet, which is not something when it like, you know, fully roars, we still see it's, it's, you know, it's entire mouth, which is not something that we've seen a lot with from the predator. But I just wanted to know, you mentioned how tall the actor was. It was so funny when we were, uh, I was sitting waiting for the for the movie to start and people were filing into the theater i was just kind of people watching and i saw this ginormous person come in and i was like yeah i wonder who that fucking guy is <laughs> it turned out yes he was the predator because he was he was humongous yeah i think he had uh he played uh basketball overseas and mm. then came over uh to try his hand um at acting and yeah dude is huge <laughs> well, uh, that makes sense uh this this uh the hunter in this one definitely looks like a he could cross some somebody up on the court. <laughs> I would love to see that. Uh, somebody, somebody animate that. Yeah, a, predator a predator playing basketball, literally breaking ankles. <laughs> that that would be great. A uh, predator versus al- alien versus predator uh, Lego Ooh, basketball. That'd be tough. That'd is, be tough. Yeah, is uh, the film that they should go for. Um, but yeah, um, the and and I will say though, uh, last thing about effects because I hate harping on effects stuff. Yeah, I'll say that is one benefit where the streaming aspect kind of helps this movie because I feel like. Yes, yeah. on the big screen, it kind of looked a little worse. On this more recent rewatch, watch yeah. on TV, it did actually look better, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, but. I do. I definitely want to talk though about um, like the gadgets that we see in yeah. this because he does have yes similar things. Like we saw the the net one was very popular with 
the crowd. Uh, and uh, we did see something close to that in Predator 2. Not quite, though. Uh, we've definitely seen a lot of this before. But I just thought the the shield specifically mm. was a new introduction, which was really fun. Uh, and also, like, leave it to the Predator to take a weapon, which is mostly known for defense. You know, unless you're Captain America, then you're throwing it around. <laughs> but I just love that he was just like, how can I take this thing that's supposed to protect me? How can I kill other people with it? And he opens it on a dude's forehead, just stuff like that. I was like, wow, so good. <laughs> and was yeah. very satisfied with themselves too whenever they did that. I yes. remember that was like they did like a head cock and like literally like nodded and like walked away. Yeah. <laughs> it was like very, very. He was like, that was dope. I'm going to clip that out. Show the, show the boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's, going on the, that's going on the highlight reel. Uh, save that one. Um, yeah, the, I loved uh, the spear that like kind of came oh, yeah. comes in two and kind of used them as like batons in a way, but like also had some slashing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dug some of that um, uh, that that weapon work for sure. Yeah, Megan, did you have a, a favorite weapon or kill in this movie? Uh, kill wise, I'm not sure. Definitely the shield though. I really like how the shield got used a yeah. lot, um, especially at the final kind of climactic showdown where it's like, is she going to get beheaded and how that plays with the rock? Mm, I thought that was really, really well done. So yeah. Wound up. Who would have thought that a predator weapon that I liked the most would be like a shield? But um, in this movie, I I really liked the use of the shield. And interesting enough that they didn't keep it going. You know, that because uh, like this is uh, the the prequel. So it's like they, they kind of ditched the shield. And why why did they do that? The, the, the shield was pretty dope. Oh, yeah. As far, as far, I, I mean, I do like to think that, you know, it's I guess it's kind of like anything where some predators are like, eh, you know, that's that's Jerry's thing. I'm more of, a <laughs> you know, I'm more of a True. pulse cannon kind of guy myself. You know, it's like how we have crossbows they do and bow have and arrows and, yeah. you know, guns. Yeah. So I imagine it's like anything else. So some people are like, yeah, uh, I'm, I, okay. I prefer <laughs> whatever weapon a little bit more <laughs> let, let yeah let let jerry the, all the names that we've also come up for these hunters have been like brian jerry yeah uh yeah. who else we have? we had steve yeah. i think we had steve in there well we talked about the it's a very real possibility that at the predator homeworld not all of them are hunters you know they've, they've got some of them are going to be the ga- the gatherers so like yeah. who are the people that work at the predator office buildings you know i got i gotta know i gotta know <laughs> The the uh the the uh predator public transit drivers exactly uh, who exactly. Let's, we need their story um <laughs> yeah some of the I, I really did enjoy a lot of uh, the action sequences in this um you know again we kind of have shouted out a little bit of the the uh, trapper sequence where yeah. it is kind of him showing off and like oh, really yeah. getting to show the moves we get the best look of it because it's like that gray smoke with like the dust and stuff yeah. and it is the practical suit so it's like it looks good it's choreographed really well yeah i will say also like a lot of the action in this film is is done really well it's not just the predator sequences like and i loved is one of my favorite things about this movie is how it parallels nadu and the predator you mm-hmm. know showing them to be kind of on even footing that way when she does eventually kill the thing it doesn't seem like preposterous it doesn't seem like we we haven't seen anything to lead us to believe that she even stands a chance like that sequence the sequence which by the way has my favorite kill where he throws the bear trap at the dude's head yeah. is absolutely mm. perfection zero notes but that scene is followed up with Nadu taking down like the, the colonialist the tribe yeah. you know and she does some pretty badass stuff her well uh, as well but I was just very much uh, very much so pleased with how a lot of the action 
production was choreographed, was filmed, was covered. There's like a great sense of space and awareness to everything. So yeah, the action I was, you know, apart from delivering on the great kills and the genre stuff, just as far as like purely an action movie, like it completely yeah. delivers. I'm obsessed with uh, Naru's her her like forest parkour, her her four-core, mm-hmm. uh, where she's like kicking off of trees Hell and yeah. she's sliding on the ground. And like, I, I love that. Yeah, I love the way she like moves. Which is something that the Predator do, does too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I love the way that she moves and like uh, she just has a very distinct style to her. Yeah. And uh, kind of, you know, shows her agility that like comes in later. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, like it, as much as, you know, I'm not a like a, a a very vocal person like whenever we're like watching the films like in theaters but like whenever she jumps out of the tree onto the predator i was just like oh fuck yeah we've been seeing her (laughs) jump around and do her fucking thing like yes uh you know was very satisfying uh the the final showdown um is again we we kind of blasted uh 2018 the predator because like it didn't have the hallmark predator things uh yeah. in its showdown and uh you know in prey we got naru setting traps baby because yeah. that's what this franchise is about Love traps uh, uh this one-on-one showdown is just like it, it is like that back you know back to basics where we kind of see everything that she's yeah. observed and learned throughout um you know really put put into play and um and i love that yeah i i love what I think it started for me even before the final sequence because you know you're talking about how it has really well choreographed action it's well shot i can see the action on top of that yes. but there's an emotional weight to it yes. um i think that whole sequence um when it's her and her mm, brother like yes. naru and tabi and then the horse and they're all like taking turns at it from that point on there's such an emotional weight to it um i was completely like both thrilled and rooting for them and devastated at the same time for her loss and then going into that and it just like how that propels her emotionally into that final sequence and that final showdown where it's like a mirror of the original movie with her own twist and it's just so well done so well done from like an emotional standpoint a narrative standpoint from an action standpoint like bravo Mm. yeah and i think it's also made really personal which is something that is lacking from a lot of other predator Mm -hmm. movies where they're just fighting for survival i think not only is nadu fighting to prove something to not just the village but herself too but she's also fighting on behalf of her brother who just sacrificed himself to save her you know so it leads up to this emotional battle as well as a physical one too which i think is very important and something that has been kind of uh not really given the attention that it deserves and and uh you know other predator movies yeah shout out to um shout to tabe real one uh, yeah. great brother always gassing his sister up he's got her uh, he's got her back throughout yes and uh, yeah so that that team up moment with uh, him on the horse uh, Ryan Ryan jumps off the horse and spears the hunter like that was yeah. sick and he's also got the classic predator you know if it bleeds we can kill it line which got yes. a, which got a big pop from my crowd uh, better than the um, I forgot to reference the <laughs> the horrible uh, callback in the predator where they say get to the choppers, and then they come out riding on motorcycles. <laughs> oh, I forgot about <laughs> the the less we can say about the predator, the better, in my opinion. I, in I, my opinion, I had to bring that oh, back. Up. No. Get to the- 
I yeah. had to bring that back up. But yes, uh, the the callback in this one felt a lot more natural uh, for sure. Yes, organic. rather than just pointing to motorcycles that were no doubt written into the script purely to say that line anyway. Oh my god! Yeah, Tabe is a really terrific character. He at no point like talks down to his sister nope. or like belittle belittles her or doesn't like he believes her pretty much from the from the jump. He like she tells him that like she saw something and he's like okay it's not here now like we kind of need to focus on this you know this uh, i believe it's the the lion that they're hunting he's like this is kind of the 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 clear and present danger in front of us maybe let's focus on this and then we can address that other thing and while everybody else is like oh you're crazy that you don't know what you're talking about he believes her the entire Mm -hmm. time and so yeah uh, I love a a big supportive uh, brother character and he also does something incredibly cool where he walks in the village with a decapitated lion's head which is like a pretty cold move that's pretty sick he carried the entire lion (laughs) I I didn't notice that the first time around he had the whole lion with him not just the head which is just I mean Tabe is a badass and and I like his relationship with her too, that like he doesn't belittle her, but like like, you know, he also doesn't like um, you know, you know, pull back or anything either. Like yeah, he's, he's you know he's a brother. He's yeah. very quick to be like, Okay, like, all right, I had your back there and I stood up for you, but now you gotta make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. He's he, is... he pushes her when she needs it. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and I did kind of want to transition to talking about some of the Comanche stuff. Um and yeah. like kind of how that plays because I think the performances as well as the narrative plays and I think it's something that I would be curious to to revisit and to see. Probably should have done it before the episode, maybe. I'm just going to admit that. But um, having seen the movie back to back, I had noticed, and I haven't really seen too many other people address this, but the Comanche version, at least at the screening that I went to, just straight up had the wrong dialogue. Like there were lines and moments that uh, that you know, were in the English version that I heard the actors say, and then the subtitles in English for the Comanche version were just straight up wrong to varying degrees. There were some mm-hmm. words like a character says that they need to squat, meaning, you know, uh, you know, relieve themselves. And in the Comanche version, it says they need to use the bathroom, stuff like that. That's kind of semantic. But, you know, and then there was like much bigger lines to where her brother. Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. Oh, man. You're getting all you're getting uh, yeah. tangled up in the cord. While while Cal is distracting Garrett, yes, there I, I noticed those now watching it today because yeah. you you had mentioned it whenever I showed up and yeah. and I I understand you know some of it whenever you do dubs and things you know there's oh, um, for sure. there's translation differences like if there's not a Comanche word for a certain something yes. but then that would that shouldn't matter about what the subtitles they're showing exactly. on the screen that was, so yeah, yeah. I, I get now yeah. what you yeah. were what yeah. you were I talking about I think the English subtitles were not what the characters were saying I, I think it was like a translation of the of Comanche, the Comanche. Almost, which was which was interesting because yeah um, I think one of the like kind of the most egregious elements uh, or kind of examples of this is when Tabe is is talking to Nadu and he says uh, like you weren't able to bring it home which is called back later towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. when he sacrifices himself he says just bring it home in the Comanche version when he's sacrificing himself he says just do it which not only is not the line, it's also a Nike slogan. So it's like a little, it's a little uh, <laughs> distracting. Uh, so it's weird that like the Comanche version in a way is the 
quote unquote accurate version because it's like the tongue that they would speak in at the time, which I definitely want to applaud and appreciate. I think that that's super commendable that they came back and redubbed a lot of the stuff. But on the other hand, it's also like not the accurate version because it's not what the characters are actually saying. So like I applaud the effort, but well, the I think actual execution. I think it's yeah. just a flub on the the subtitles at this point. Like, For sure. And maybe they might have. Hopefully, maybe they'd go back and change it around. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I feel like it's just that, but it's also like at least for me uh i would have you know i think this could have been a nice opportunity because you know if they would have just stuck to you you know like hey we're just gonna do this in comanche yeah we'll you know actually like do it that way perform it that way yeah make sure the the subtitles are like you know because if they were doing it if that was the primary focus they kind of would put more attention to the sure. things like the subtitles that are going to be presented mm-hmm. so maybe if they would have done that and i think it would have been a nice opportunity because like this is a well-known franchise and kind of could have been that push for some people to be like you know the people that are like oh i can't watch things with subtitles be like nope well if you want to watch the latest predator movie yeah uh, guess what you gotta read you know like yeah i think it could have been an interesting opportunity but obviously see the the reasons why but then it just like when this when the subtitle thing happens then it you question it a little bit more but you know have you watched uh both versions or which version have you seen meg I've only seen um, the the English because that's what I, you know, that's what they gave us the screener for. So that's what I mm-hmm. ended up watching twice. I have not visited the dubbed or subbed. Um, I think I've heard that this dubbed is the better way to go because the subtitled version on Hulu is more like closed captioning versus actual subtitles. Interesting. Like there, I've heard that it's like mm. even the sounds will yes. get subtitled. It, well, as that's if what we had. Yes. Yeah. So it might have been the same version where it's like the subtitled is not the way to go just watch it dubbed um which i haven't had a time you know like i was like you trying to space out the watches i watched it a bunch in a row through the screener and like i might need a little break before i immediately jump back into that Mm -hmm. yeah it's it you know it's it's definitely not the movie's fault it's also not dan trachtenberg or the the people who came back and did the dub i yeah it's more of like come on 20th century like there's been tons of examples of movies that have come out like parasite for example a wildly popular movie did incredibly well but also had subtitles throughout a large portion of it and i'm just kind of for, for the whole movie and i'm just kind of like hey guys maybe you could do that i don't know like yeah. creatively it's pretty cool it's uh, just gonna it's gonna take more of those type of movies doing yeah. well because i mean unfortunately it's just a, a thing that people still can't get by it's yeah. still a, a problem in hollywood i mean they just uh today of recording they just released uh images from the good night mommy english yes. uh you know ad- adaptation why you know like just watch that one you know so it's like i don't get why we are still getting those versions even though like yeah a couple times that's worked out like let me in is still a pretty good version but they also kind of did a little different thing with it yeah just dawned on me that naomi Naomi watts was also in funny games which is another example of that too so she's uh the queen of of the the american (laughs) adaptation and the ring uh naomi watts is the queen (laughs) that's hilarious um such a weird thing to have in your your resume anyway we digress but yeah because i i remember initially why i saw this trailer for prey i remember thinking like oh i wonder if the english is gonna take me out of it because i just would have preferred it just to be like just to be comanche for sure um but then in watching the english version didn't take me out like i thought it would um and and they kind of do that one sentence transition at the beginning to Mm -hmm. to uh to get the english version going but like yeah Yeah. i don't know 
Uh, we, we beggars can't be choosers, you know, yeah. at least we still have the dub. I'm glad that they got the, you know, money to go back in and do those kind of things. Cause I, I can imagine flying all the actors and everything back out was expensive and stuff. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take the little wins where we can, where we can get them. Yeah. And as far as mm-hmm. subtitles disappointed, there was no dog subtitles uh, for, oh my for, for Suddy, you know, when it barks, there was no moment to where it was like, uh, Hey, we should get out of here. You know, <laughs> shout out to the, the, the goodest girl in the world, even though, um, in the movie, she's a boy dog. Why? Uh, I don't get why that's a thing. Yeah, all I know is, is uh, the the real like the dog's name uh, in the in the real world. Uh, it's an American dingo named Coco. So sh- Coco. shout out to Coco. Aww. And 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 the cool thing was apparently um, initially they didn't use as much of the footage. Uh, at first, they weren't going to use use her as much but then like you know apparently she took to the training really well they were able to use her in some more action scenes and then they still didn't have as many sequences in like the the test um test viewing but then she tested so well that she <laughs> got more screen time Look yeah at that. and uh, she also has a really great comedic beat to where she like lures the bear away and then you know it they disappear off and you know to the distance and then the dog comes back and you just know that the bear is like right behind it uh so coco great comedic timing <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we love to see her um but yeah you know and and as far as um you know what dan trachtenberg also brought in um, you know, he brought um, a nice sense of style back into this. Um, you know, not you know, I it, it kind of uh, was shot in a similar fashion to Predators because Predators kind of had this uh, similar look, but uh, a little toned down on the style, but a little bit more uh, naturalistic in this one, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, I really uh, loved the way that they framed uh, nature in this film, you mm-hmm. know, and really get to explore uh, the plains and the forests and, you know, an area, you know, that is... Um, it's still different from from the jungle, but uh, still similar ish, um, and still different from what we saw in Predators as well. So yeah, it was a, it was a very nice setting, and uh, he captured it very well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of having uh, kind of a unique uh, place for the predator to roam. We've not really seen them just straight up be like in the forest, like we've seen them be in the jungle uh, and like other different types of locations. But this having also like kind of this foggy almost snow kind of vibe to it was was really uh interesting and made for a lot of really fun sequences especially the uh the trapper sequences which is which is kind of the you know the the big exciting one but having the fog uh you know cast over everything i thought just visually made everything look really uh really impressive and probably hit a lot of the budget of this movie too (laughs) oh yeah i would i would assume so but you know, overall, I, I really do enjoy this. So I guess we'll get into our final thoughts. Um, we'll get into, we'll do five axes out of five axes, uh, what we give this film. Uh, Maggie, go ahead and start us off. Uh, I give it four out of five axes. Okay, four out of five axes. That is pretty commendable. Um, I, I would also give it four out of five axes where I'm feeling. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of five the first time around, actually. Um, enjoyed it uh, more around this time because I think it's partially because like I said like watched it and then we went through the series and then made me appreciate this one a little bit more uh, (laughs) than I did the first time around first time around like I I definitely was nitpicking on some of Mm. the things that I didn't enjoy about it but this time around I was like okay no 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 this is definitely a four out of five that's 
Interesting that you say that though, because like for me, I think I was picking up even more connections the second time. You know, the first time it's like this is this feels brand new. And the second time you're like, oh, so that slash across his chest is the exact same slash, you know, when Sonny Landum's character in the original, the same, you know, knife cut. Like there's so many shots and images oh, yeah. that are so so subtle that i didn't pick up until the second watch oh yeah like it has uh some allusions to the first one definitely a few oh, allusions yeah. uh to the second one with the with the uh, flintlock pistol yeah which i might have made my thoughts clear on the flintlock pistol of uh a terrible trophy to give uh, danny glover after just defe- defeating a very imposing alien they're like here's this old shitty gun from your planet <laughs> also they, also they also, don't really know what that yeah. they're just like it's cool also confusing so that implies that at some point uh the yauchas come back for their tribe because yes. she gives it to her the the head of the tribe at the end of the film like, so that's in the credits like the the artwork that plays oh shows yeah, them yeah. Coming back. that is right and so that's sad um, but it's not it's not though because it's the same thing that happens with predator too sure. like he he defeats the the predator and they're like here you go we're taking his body back and here's the trophy you can have Mm -hmm. the gun so i just based on that assume that it's like we're taking his head back because wouldn't that have come along in history at some point Mm -hmm. smithsonian predator head oh yeah like they they took that and they're like here you go i don't know what they would have given her in return but it's like just another another shitty gun (laughs) well it it Maybe makes this sense. is where he got the bartering system from, yeah. you know, Predator 2. Well, mm-hmm. it just, it, it makes sense. It just makes me sad that, like, she was triumphant, but it's like, no, the tri- the Yauchas could go back, and then they're going to defeat them, and they're like, no, now the gun's ours again. Um, yeah. So that, that that part makes me sad. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, this film. Uh, Amber Mid-Thunder's performance uh, is, very, is very great. She has this, like, graceful power to her, um, which is really fun, and... Uh, watching her on screen, her emotional beats that she brought to it as well. Um, yes, I really definitely want to see her in more things. And uh, one of the, uh, you know, better protagonists of uh, this, of the franchise, in my opinion. So, yeah, four out of five axes. What about you, Garrett? Uh, for me, I really love this film. Like I said, it delivers on a lot of different elements that I think are um, not often uh, yeah, as paid attention to in regards to a lot of the Predator films as, you know, having characters with arcs, you know, uh, and actually something to say. I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of the other Predator films fall into the trap of just like, ah, you just want to see cool action and cool kills. And it's like, that's not really what this franchise is to me. And I think like Predator, it's a movie that, yes, does deliver on that popcorn fun that we all go to these movies for, but also does have those characters with depth and does have uh, an actual story to tell here. Uh, so for me, uh, not to, to spoil my ranking of the films, but I'm incredibly impressed with this movie, and I'm at four and a half out of five hatchets. Four and a half. So yeah, let's go ahead and do that before we get into movie math. Yes. We'll do our uh, final rankings of the franchise. Um, Garrett, you go ahead and go first. Well, for me, uh, like we've said, this is a, a very up and down <laughs> uh, a series, uh, and there are... Uh, a few movies in this that I am just not uh, not really a fan of at all. Um, uh, the least of which being The Predator. I absolutely hate that movie. It's god awful. <laughs> uh, but the chasm, though, between uh, the worst movie in this franchise and my number four pick is quite large. Uh, with Predator Two, a movie that I just don't love. It's fine. It's just whatever. Um, I just don't really that Yaucha just in particular is not my fave. Uh, we, we've you know belabored on that a lot. Uh, and then followed by. Uh, 
Predators, which I love that you get to see the Predators um, home planet. I just wish it was a little bit more meaner, um, had a little bit more bite uh, to its bark. Uh, and then following that, we actually have Predator, the original Predator. Um, I think that is a terrific action movie uh, and, you know, mixes it with a, such a weird flavor of being like almost kind of a slasher film as well. But I think Prey is actually my favorite of the series. I think it has the most depth to it. I think it's the best filmed. Um, I think it has the most menace uh, at the Predator. And I think it has like the that that sense of fear to it um, and energy that I just don't really think is in, uh, you know, found in the other Predator movies. Could be because this is the newest one and I'm just riding high on that. But yeah, as of right now, I think Prey is just the best made movie from the Predator series. So what's your rundown? I didn't hear where two was. Two is Predator. Oh, wait, it was The Predator, Predator 2, Predators, Predator, Prey. Oh, okay. Yeah. You oh. just weren't paying attention. Oh, well, you're you're going from bottom up. I'm, of course, you want to spoil the the number well, one no. pick at the of very beginning? Not. Come yeah. on. That's what MTV does when they talk <laughs> about like the best songs of the 2000s or whatever. Yeah, true <laughs> that, true that. Uh, Meg, how do you have uh, the franchise ranked? If we're going least to best, uh, yes. obviously, The Predator is the worst for me. <laughs> I don't even think we need to say it. We've already visited it with the chopper. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm going to go with predators. I think that there's some interesting stuff in that, but uh, the whole Topher Grace serial killer nonsense, like I didn't need that. Um, and then predator two. And then my second is prey and the original predator being my number one. Um, I adore prey so much. I think it's the shot in the arm that this franchise needed, but it does heavily lean into what the original movie did so i think mm-hmm. that edges it out just a little for me true true um our our bottom rankings are different uh, our top one's pretty similar um yeah uh people have were not happy about this on twitter about me uh slandering uh, predator 2 at the bottom for me um <laughs> uh, again i don't really care for danny glover's character um, I I feel like the showdown um, is kind of lackluster. Uh, besides for how long it goes on you for with the big Mister Freeze guns, you're not a big fan of the Mister Freeze <laughs> I mean, it's, guns. I, I mean, I, again, just like the whole thing of like, what are we gonna do for the sequel? The Yaucha takes on organized crime. Uh, <laughs> this is Predator Concrete Jungle. Hell yeah, Predator Predator Two Vice City um, <laughs> is at the bottom <laughs> for me. Um, and then uh, coming up after that would be Predators. Um, I remember liking it more than I did on this rewatch. And on this rewatch, um, it kind of has um, it underwhelms in the action department, in my opinion. I think it has like the least amount of action uh, of the of the franchise no aside from shot. You're gonna put the Predator above Predators and Predators. Oh, that but is I am wild. But me. I am. Uh, yeah, Predators <laughs> aside from the uh, Yakuza sword fight uh, is kind of lacking in a lot of things, in my opinion. But it had so much potential, you know and I think that disappoints me a little more. So here's the thing with The Predator at number three for me. <laughs> we, we established it's not a great movie. It's not. However, for every uh, three eye roll moments, uh, there's a moment that I really enjoy in that movie, um, whether it be the laboratory massacre. Um, I really, honestly, The Fugitive Hunter is one of my favorites. Um, he had a sense of humor to him, the way he was like, you know, using arms and figured out the keypad system, uh, takes out that whole lab. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Fugitive Predator quite a bit. Um, I liked uh, Trevante Rhodes and um, Olivia Wilde. 
Uh, I like their supporting characters in that film. And uh, aside from, you know, some of the the, the ableism going on, uh, I like the ideas that they were playing at with uh, the predators and DNA splicing and stuff. So it, it's a hot mess of a movie for me. Uh, but I as like, is your ranking. I like sorry. my I like as my hot messes. And uh, at number two would be Prey. Um, I did appreciate it more on this uh, on this go around. Um, and it and it is really good. I do still, you know, have my little nitpicks for it, uh, but it, it it's great. It it's everything that um, a sequel should be, and I think it. I hope it opens the door for like just like more anthology style sequels from this franchise, and uh, you know, focus less on the plot and just explore these different stories and different time periods. I think uh, that's a lot more fun. But number one, of course, the the OG. I mean. The, the atmosphere and the mood of that film is just, it, it's different, you know? It, it, it has the most sweat. Um, again, I like the the humbling of these machismo men. Um, one of Arnie's most charismatic performances um, and the way it transitions from the, the commando action film into the, the monster slasher film. Uh, Predator is still still at the top. Yeah, OG, if we were going to rank this based on sweat alone, that would be a very <laughs> different ranking. Yeah. Prey, surprisingly, uh, not, a sweaty. Not, not as sweaty, but I mean, you know, I understand. Sweaty. I understand. Predator 2, though, number one. That is the sweatiest movie I've ever seen. Sweaty <laughs> Film Hall of Fame. Maybe we'll do an entire month on the sweatiest just sweat movies. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about some other films that uh, we think about when we were watching Prey. So here on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, we like to play a fun game uh, where we add a couple of movies together, divide, multiply, subtract, whatever your heart desires, all of which just have to equal the movie that we talked about today being Prey. So Megan, what do you got for us? All right. I thought I thought all of these different possibilities, but ultimately I could the, the thing that I think best sums it up is Alien plus Last of the Mohicans. Ooh, that's an interesting pairing. Uh uh, I can, you know, see some of the um, last Mohican references. Uh, but uh, what about Alien is uh, what kind of gives you into this? I think that, I mean, you think about Predator was probably in some way inspired by Alien to begin with, at least the origins of it. Oh, but, yeah. you, I mean, you think about like that you first see him covertly and then he uncloaks and then you see this like masked thing and you think that's it. And then he takes that off and you see the mandibles and that's kind of like how alien was from egg to face hugger to like chest burster there was stages mm-hmm. to the reveal um it systematically is picking off everyone until there's only the lone female left and she's outsmarted it so that's that's prey oh yeah definitely some shades of ripley here with no how about you, Garrett? What's your equation looking like? Um, I'm doing a last-minute audible here. I did have a different equation, but uh, I think The Revenant is actually a pretty apt comparison to this, um, not only in regards to the setting, but the... the 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 setting being you know location but also time period too it's also a similar story of somebody trying to prove themselves to uh, another group of people and trying to uh, prove that they are kind of that strong warrior that they believe themselves to be and i'm just adding that with the pre- with predator because it, it's pretty low-hanging fruit like you said megan there's a lot of plot elements that are uh, found in predator but i think it's a nice subversion of a lot of those elements so um i think the fact that this movie is so simple um, is is one of the uh, is one of the main uh, highlights of the film. So I'm not going to add too much to my equation here. 
Yeah, I, I kept mine pretty simple as well. Uh, also went for some low-hanging fruit with uh, going with 10 Cloverfield Lane. And uh, we haven't usually taken the obvious route of being like, oh, well, here, another one of the director's films. Mm-hmm. However, like I do see um, a lot of parallels between Ayu and Michelle. Um, and, you know, Michelle plays the long game in that film. You know, she has to be observant and, you know, notice every little detail of the situation yeah. she's in. And she plays the long game to, to make her escape and outwit him. And uh, I see a lot of that, you know, that observantness and uh, resourcefulness as well. So definitely went with 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then also uh, went with, uh, I'm going to add that with The Hunt. Um, uh, again, um, uh uh, Betty Gilpin's character reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Nau, uh, kind of, not only, uh, they kind of have similar fighting styles, which I like, um, I really remember loving in that film, how she kind of just like throws her body around and like, you know, with like total disregard, you know, to get it done. And like the whole thing of that film is, you know, these rich elite people keep underestimating her, you know, they don't realize, you know, how trained she truly is and like how much of a badass she is. And, uh, you know, so it's her, you know, kind of proving to them as she's, you know, being watched in this uh, most dangerous game kind of way. So uh, definitely I uh, saw a little bit of that. So uh, keep in mind, pretty simple as well. Um, yeah. So a, a good lineup of films uh, to to check out uh, if you're still in the mood for Predator. But we're done with the franchise. We did it. We did it. We Another franchise knocked out here on the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Um, I'm excited for next month in September. Um, we are um, going to be celebrating um, a very uh, prolific member of the the horror community history canon as uh, the most adapted author of uh, as far as uh, films from books. I'd say so. Uh, Mr. Stephen King, it's his birthday next month. So we're going to be uh, talking all Stephen King adaptations. Yes, I'm very excited for this one. Some of these I have not seen since I was an actual child and then some of which I've never seen. So I'm very excited to to dive into these uh, these weird supernatural. Uh, and I think we're also going to get some fun decade stuff in here too. Yeah, really yeah. Hopping around the map. We, we got a nice little spread. We got, um, you know, we got some uh, prestige ones. We have uh, some ridiculous ones, uh, you know, and uh, we'll get into what makes King's work, uh, you know, not, not only why he is such, such a prolific artist in his own right, but, you know, what makes his work so adaptable or like why people, you know, take his stories and want to adapt them mm-hmm. into into these films. So I'm excited to get into that. Uh, we've covered a couple King adaptations here on the show, but um, we're going to uh, spend the entire month doing that uh, for September. Oop, oop. Um, so excited for that. Get ready. But uh, of course, need to thank our guest Meg for coming onto the show. Thank you so much. We enjoyed your conversation. Uh, what are you working on right now? And tell them about uh, all your all your writings and podcast things. Uh, what am I not working on? Um, yeah, I am on the Bloody Disgusting podcast. Episodes are every Wednesday. If you need to catch up on what's coming out that week or what the new headlines are, that's what we do. Um, I write for anything news reviews um interviews bloody disgusting and you can find me on twitter at haunted meg yes make sure you are following meg i mean literally just any day just pop on hop on her twitter account and uh she'll be posting something else that she's working on hard worker out here uh, Garrett, what you got going? Yes, we love a busy bee. Uh, and uh, you guys can also find me um, on TikTok, uh, Letterboxd, Twitter. I'm always talking about movies. 
Uh, I've got my review of Barbarian up on TikTok, so if you guys are interested in that, I got a chance to see an advanced screening of that. Um, hopefully we can get some fun stuff cooking uh, in regards to uh, maybe getting to chat with the director. Still trying to get that all ironed out, so stay tuned for that, maybe. Um, if you guys like some uh, podcast stuff, you guys can uh, follow me uh, at Scum and Villainy Podcast, which is my uh, Star Wars podcast, uh, if you want some more genre stuff in your ears. But um, yeah, that's about it. Of course, and um, I am not really working on too much. Uh, same old, same old. Um, haven't done any other podding lately, but you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco, talking up all the music things, and um, also on Letterbox. But my Letterbox is at uh, Bloody Blunts. So make sure you guys are following us on all the things. But that's going to go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed so you do not miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at Bloody Blunt's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars. Nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted. Yay! We did it. <laughs>